0: Welcome to On The Up & Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForge, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. If you're listening to this, then you have made the decision that you are ready to hire your first employee, or it's in your immediate future. And before I dive into all the the basics of getting ready to, to make that move, I just want to Take a second and have you congratulate yourself. There are very few people that actually can say that they've built a business, let alone built a business that is prepared to support the livelihood of another person. Um, There are also very few people that are brave enough to make sure that they have built a business model that can sustain an employee. In fact, 62% of small businesses don't have any staff members besides the owner and founder. So at the end of this episode, my goal is for you to feel really confident that you have the most basic basics when it comes to hiring your first employee. These are some of our favorite projects to work on because they're very challenging. They're very overarching and you get to do all these really fun things in the process of preparing to hire your first employee. And if you've hired in the past or you've managed in the past, especially if you have corporate experience or working with someone else, some of the things that you're going to go through in the process are going to feel really new and different and scary. And they might even surprise you how Much is out there that you didn't know that you didn't know. So this episode is really just the basics. We're not diving into the nitty gritty of every single thing that comes with hiring your first person. But we do want to make sure that you feel equipped to make a plan to move forward and to get started and take some really actionable steps today that will help you to put you in that position. So. If you haven't already listened to our previous episodes about defining a contractor or an employee, um, or even our free audio course that was produced by Scribd, you can actually access all of that for free. So we'll make sure that you know where to find that audio course at the end of this episode. We'll link it in our show notes as well. And it's just a quick 35-minute course that will allow you to kind of see things from a very bird's eye level view. So at that point, At that point, we do want to make sure – or to that point, I do want to make sure that everyone knows that this isn't an all-inclusive, legal, every single compliance thing you'll ever need episode. This is kind of – This is more entry level than that. So you might think when, oh, it's time to hire my first employee, this is going to be all about compliance. Actually, it's more about you than you think. Okay, so let's dive in. So first, the very first thing that anyone is often going to encourage you to do, any person that is giving advice about this, is to create a job description. This is the biggest mistake that I see small business owners make when it comes to hiring their first employee you want to dive right into the job description and start thinking about what you want this person to do for you. That's not what a job description is. A job description is an overarching list of tasks and general roles and responsibilities that they're taking on within your company. It should not be an exhaustive list of tasks that they're doing on the day-to-day. That's for their training. So what you do when you approach building a job description is actually going to be less about the little things that are coming up day to day and more about the end result of what each of those tasks represent. I.e., if you have somebody that you want to come in and produce and manage your podcast, then you're going to include that on your job description, produce and manage podcast recordings and episodes. On your training, you may have a day where you're breaking down what each of those things mean, all the way down to... Uh, making sure that there's a recording time on the calendar, managing guest information, if there is social media content, if there's an email blast that goes out, if there is, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, if <laughs> I'm just listing off stuff we do. Um, so keep in mind that when you're creating a job description, think bigger. Take a step back, take a step out of the weeds and think bigger about that job description. Now, there's plenty of ways that you can build out a job description, but we just recommend popping over to our set to scale shop and getting started with one of our templates. Um, there are plenty of roles that are listed there. A lot of them are going to be really overarching for needs of our first employees for many of the businesses that we work with. Um, some of the more popular ones are going to be our executive assistant job job. Um, description or even any of our operations assistants or marketing assistants. Those are all going to be super helpful for how you are going to maybe use those as a jumping off point. Um, Every single business is different. So those templates are made to be a starting off point, like I mentioned, so that you can take it and run with it. And it'll give you some ideas of some of the things that you might not even you might not even be thinking of when it comes to building out these job descriptions. Some things that you may not even be doing right now because there is no capacity and you have subconsciously moved those tasks out of the realm of possibility. So that job description is really fun to do. But one mistake that we see people doing is jumping right into the job description. And then also what they're building is not actually a job description. So now that we've identified, identified what a job description is, I'm going to talk a little bit about what a job post is. So a job post actually is going to take that job description and it's going to make it into something that people are going to see publicly. So this is not going to include even those all every single one of the tasks that are going to be in the job description. They often do, but we want to make it as general as possible. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, when you are building out a job post, Something that's going out to the world. The purpose of a job post is actually to attract people that are going to be able to fulfill that role in your company. It's going to outline the basics of the role, talk about what they need to be bringing into the role in order to be successful, and most importantly, talking about what it is to what it looks like to work for you. For your first employee, you got to lean into this hard. We're going to talk about your company culture, we're going to identify what it's like to be an employee in your company. We're going to talk about your vision for the company, your mission, your values, all of that good stuff. In our set to scale shop, we also have a mission, vision and values worksheet. Um, to be completely honest, it's literally just a place that you can go and write those down and have them in one place. And you can use that to help build out some really solid and really clear expectations of what it feels and looks like to work for you. The job post is not the same thing as a job description. That is the biggest mistake that I see people make when they are hiring for the first time. They're often starting out looking at a bunch of job posts online. Yes, companies like Indeed, LinkedIn, stuff like that, they probably call it a job description while you're going and posting it. But we know internally and we know through the HR and people operations lens that those are two very different things. They don't conflict with each other. They work with each other. So remember, do not take a job description and act like it's your job post. And do not take your job post and expect your employee to sign it on their first day and act like it's the same thing. It is not the same thing. Um, now, I want to make a couple of quick notes here. First, for entry level roles, which is often going to be your first employee, unless it's very specifically somebody that is helping you to deliver on the deliverables of your company. For a creative business owner, this may be a designer, you know, a higher level designer, um, a copywriter. If you have a business that maybe in our business, It would be an HR consultant. Um, For other small businesses, it might be a manager or an operations manager, things like that. Those may not be your first employee, So I'm not going to dive too much into those higher level roles. We're going to talk more about entry level roles today. Keep in mind, there is a lot of training involved with entry-level employees. So when you are building out what your job post looks like, and I have seen people say that a job post is a sales page for the role, that is kind of true, but actually we don't want people to buy. And if anything, we want people to scroll right past if it doesn't resonate with them specifically. So if you're thinking that you're having to go out there and sell this role to someone, then you are going to you are going to be attracting the wrong people. Instead, I want you to really look inward and think about that job post as a way for you to chase away the people that you're not going to enjoy working with. For your first employee, you want someone that you can connect with, that you can trust, that you can collaborate with. That doesn't mean they may be on the same level as you with their experience or their understanding of the industry that you work in or anything like that, unless it's specifically articulated in the post that that's what you need in regards to qualifications and things like that. So when you're hiring for that entry level person, try to change your mindset a little bit. Don't think I'm looking for another me because an entry level role is not another you. It's also not another anyone. It's their own. It's the, it's the first person that's ever done this. So if you're thinking about that in a way that is going to pull people into the main purpose of what you're doing for your company and what you're passionate about, what those mission, vision and values are, then you're actually going to be creating a I guess you could call it a sales page that's going to attract only the right people that want to take on that role. And sometimes we are going to get applicants that are very desperate and just looking for a job. Right now in the job market, we are going to be competing for not people for applying for the role, but we're going to be competing for people to accept the role. So we want to be really, 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 really clear about what it looks like to work for you. So by the time they show up to that interview, they are pumped and excited to work in this position. Now. What ends up happening is we obviously write kick-ass job posts, so tons and tons of people will apply for these roles. We want to approach it from a bunch of different perspectives and a bunch of different areas of interest. We want to make sure that we really understand our clients on an individual level more so than any other position. That's why the advice that you're getting out there about hiring employees is not always relevant to hiring your first employee. So please keep that in mind. And I can go on forever about this, but I'm not going to because it's time to move on to our next thing. Um, When you are creating that interview process, we do suggest going by a three-phase plan. That template is also available in our Set to Scale shop, but also really in-depth in our Set to Scale membership. So if interviewing is not something that you know uh, much about, if it's something that you haven't had to follow compliance rules about, if you don't know which questions you're not allowed to ask, there are plenty of resources that you can pick from in our in our template shop so you can pick and choose what you need to supplement your experience and education but what I do want to make sure that I'm mentioning is that our set to scale membership actually has a full module that will walk you through that um, that will walk you through that. So those resources are available that are out there for you, especially if you want to make sure that you're embodying your true self as a leader while you're looking for this first person. It's so important. And remember that in these roles, in these entry-level roles, we're looking for people that have a kick-ass attitude and have the potential to grow into talent. So there are ways for you to make sure that this is going to be A really great pick when it comes down to choosing which candidate you want. But in the purpose of this episode, just keep in mind that when you are writing out your job post, comparing that to your correlating job description, that you know that there may not be an endless list of skills and talents that they already have, but instead a an energy that is built towards working for those things, um, making sure that they're learning them, an openness to learning and an openness to adapting to this new thing that you're building. Um, So keep that in mind. Now, also keep in mind that when they are coming into your company, it's your responsibility to make sure that they understand what their responsibilities are. So there will be extra steps after you hire your employee to ensure that you're training them. The next thing that makes uh, onboarding your first employee so much easier is to make sure that you have a really great payroll system that you can count on. I'm not going to name names here, but if you're curious about it, I'm happy to tell you the ones that I don't like. However, the one that I love, and this is after being in this industry for 10 years and using six different systems um, and testing out this system over the past six months to make sure that I can advocate for it when it comes to my clients, team members, friends, everybody, um, and to use myself is Rippling. So the system Rippling is really cool. There's plenty of different options for it. There's different levels of support that you can get. Um, Rippling is a great way to make sure that you're meeting your compliance requirements on the payroll side and there are different levels of support um, as well as the coolest thing about it, I think, is that we can actually rep, we can represent you and we can get you in with a salesperson that is actually nice um, and answers all of our emails. And then we can advocate for your experience there. Um, We have never had that luck with other payroll companies. And again, I'm not going to mention any names here, but this isn't the type of system where you're going to get endless sales calls and blah, 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 blah. The cool thing about having a payroll system that works is that most of the advice that you're getting out there, if you Google, I need to hire My first employee, there's going to be tons and tons of literature on all the payroll taxes and all of that stuff that you need to pay. You don't need to know any of that. Yes, it's good to make sure that you're budgeting it, which is something that you will want to make sure that you're considering prior to making the decision to hire your first employee. But your payroll system will handle most of that for you. And because of modern technology, some of the little things that we used to have to worry about as HR people, we no longer have to worry about anymore. So keep in mind that getting a good payroll system is really, really important to ensuring that you have you don't have to do as much of the legwork on the back end that you might have had to do in other cases or that the advice out there is telling you you have to do. Um, Also, keep in mind that your payroll system is not your HR compliance team. HR compliance is more overarching than just payroll compliance. So keep in mind that those are two different discussions. However, Rippling does a great job at representing us and representing our employees to make sure that the payroll compliance is handled. Um, Being able to have a plan on which to pay them and all of that good stuff is super, super important to establish prior to hiring. Um, So I do just want to make sure that you know that there are ways out there to make it a little bit easier for you and it's not a huge investment. Oftentimes it's less than $100 a month to make sure that you're meeting all of those qualifiers. Okay, So the next thing that often comes up when we're talking about hiring our first employee is protecting our intellectual property. So this is going to come in two different forms. I recommend always having an NDA. NDAs are eligible to be defended in every single state in the legal standpoint. Again, this is not legal advice, um, but an NDA is not a state-by-state issue. So where you might end up hearing some discussion about non-competes and how they differ from state to state, which we can totally talk more about that later. In this particular case, we don't even worry about our clients getting a non-compete. If their attorneys and their specific business requires something like that, then you can work that out with your attorney. But we have figured out um, the best option is to use an NDA template, one that you can rely on, one that you can count on if you're in a legal legal membership already, then this is a great thing to make sure that you have ready to go when you hire your first employee. And if you need a great one, we can recommend one for you. Um, Also, if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about how we can build out policies that protect your intellectual property that don't require a non-compete, I believe a lot of that starts with culture. And that is why our job post really has to represent our culture and make sure that we're finding the right people to fill those positions. Um, So, On that note, make sure that you have an NDA that's ready to go, and we will link our favorite one in the show notes as well. Um, And shoot me a message if learning how to do, um, learning how to create company policies that will lend themselves to protecting your intellectual property is something you're interested in, and I will definitely look into making sure that we can provide that for you. Um, One question we often get is, do you help with employment contracts? Most of our Clients, most of our friends in business, most small businesses are not going to require an employment contract for their first employee. These are going to be more for long term employment. If you have investment commitment, if you're doing shareholder agreements, things like that, which generally isn't your first employee. However, if you are in a situation where you need an employment contract, you're going to go with your attorney. Your attorney can help you to draft something that's fair for both sides. Think of it as more of a, if you were going into partnership with somebody, what type of legal... Things would you want to have sorted out prior to making that commitment? Um, so, we do get that question a lot. What I think people are really asking is Do you have an employment agreement that we use? And the way that we have structured this in our business and the way that we recommend it for other businesses is to make sure that you have some semblance of a policy, of policies, or a system, or a company handbook that is going to outline everything that you expect for that person to do outside of what's listed in their job job description. So do you need a handbook in order to hire your first employee? The answer is legally no. And I would rather you didn't have one if you didn't understand what every single thing in there was. Um, There's oftentimes we will get on calls with people that want to make sure their handbook is really representative of what their company's doing and they're finding that they're held to a standard that they didn't know that they were held to and they're getting into hot water with employees that maybe aren't having the best of experiences. So keep in mind, I'd rather you not commit to standards that you can't uphold. However, not having a handbook that is really reflective of, Your business and your policies and all of that is not going to be beneficial for you just to say that you have one. It's not actually going to benefit you at all. It's technically considered a contract in most states, which means that both sides, whoever's signing off on the handbook and the employer that is providing it, are committed to what's in it. So legally, no, you don't need a handbook. HR-wise, absolutely you should have one from the first employee on. If you don't have time or don't understand how to build one, that's when you need to make sure that you're reaching out and talking to a company like ours that can make sure that we're putting that in place for you. Um, Your handbook has a couple of functions, but primarily it's going to house all of your compliance policies. So if you don't have a handbook and it's not in the cards for you for your first employee, make sure that you at least have a set of policies and there is awareness drawn to the state by state and local jurisdictions of the person that you are hiring. One way that we advise to do this is to use the offer letter to out those expectations. So that is often the first thing that your first employee is going to sign is the offer letter accepting the position. So make sure that you not only are outlining what you're going to provide for them, but also the expectations that they are going to have for what they can get from you. Meaning, are you going to pay them every couple of weeks? Are you going to pay them every, you know, on the 5th and 20th of every month? Are you going to require them to have certain certifications are you going to make sure that they know what their exact hours of work are so basically any type of commitment that you're that you're making for each other needs to be listed somewhere we recommend if you don't have a handbook or an onboarding process that at least your offer letter explains all of that then you need to make sure that you have an onboarding process so the very very bare minimum is making sure that you have your offer letter signed that you have time set aside to go over any policies that you have created for them, that they understand when and how they are getting paid, and that you are meeting all of your state and national compliance restrictions. Some of these things have to do with your the I-9 forms or the W-2s that you have to send out at the end of the year. This is a responsibility that you're taking on, and your payroll system will help you with some of those things. They'll actually guide you through some of it. Um, and an NDA. If you can get all of that done and then you start to work on building out their training process then that is the minimum viable option in order to make sure that you have your first employee onboarded and you're going to walk into this situation without everything perfect but there is some av- ability to be a little bit malleable so you can learn a little bit without necessarily sacrificing the most important things which is protecting your intellectual property and protecting your company um, one of the ways that we suggest doing that is obviously working for us through our paradigm solution it's it's our signature our signature service. Um, We actually have an expedited version that's built for people that are ready to hire their first employee. Um, And it gives you those foundations so that you can, instead of focusing on the compliance and the handbook and the, you know, how do I set up a payroll system and all of that good stuff, you're actually going to be able to focus on that interview process, learning what will help you with what questions to ask, what not to ask, um, finding the right person, and then we will help you onboard them for that individual, for that first employee, and make sure. That their personnel file is compliant. Um, These are all very replicable processes. So as much as we always want to dig in further and further on your HR, um, there is a way to do it yourself, which I've outlined in this episode here, or there is a way that we can actually do it for you and make sure that you are fully protected from all sides, regardless of which state that you're hiring from. So I know that a lot of times when you're getting into a situation that's really new and really scary, it can feel like the list is never ending. So that's why we created our Set to Scale shop and we have those templates there for you as well as our membership, which also allots you a community of other people who've already been through this or are going through it at the same time. We share tons of information. We share um, advice on the templates that you may be downloading or through our course framework when you're going through it if you have follow up questions questions and things like that. My team and I are in there to actually answer those questions one by one. Um, And we have guest speakers and all kinds of cool stuff so that even if it's not all totally figured out when your first person is hired, you're able to continuously add value to your employees experience as you're DIYing this on your own. Um, So, of course, like the best thing to do is just to work with us on one on one basis, privately and directly. But we know that's not always possible for everyone. Um, So we did want to make sure that there were resources out there so that, A, we can make sure that we're doing our best to help you find the information that you need to stay compliant and on the up and up. See what I did there? Um, with all of this or B to make sure that you're not exploiting contractors or treating people unfairly or incorrectly or putting yourself in a bad spot or, and not moving forward with making sure that you're expanding and scaling your company because it can be so overwhelming. Um, Regardless of what you may have heard out there, yes, there is a lot of things that go into hiring your first employee and there's a lot that goes into HR compliance. That's why there are full departments for it. Um, but I've been doing this for a long time. Our team is super dedicated to it. And a lot of times we do have to be able to make that commitment to ourselves and to our business. Um, and just remember, nothing is permanent. Make sure you're protected. But don't forget that these are people, too. So you can experiment. You can try different things out. But just make sure that you're not doing it at the expense of your team or even even your own mental health or your business's health and ability to keep functioning and working for you. That's all we got for today. I am so happy with myself that I kept it short and sweet because I know how overwhelming this topic can be. Um, So please keep in mind, these are all very surface level things, but I am always happy to chat in the DMs and see if there's a way that we can help you get what you need in order to make sure that you can scale your business sustainably and putting your people first and your people include yourself. So (laughs) um, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you back here next Wednesday. If you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of on the up and up.